0: Our reading this morning will be shared by Jen Ellington.
1: First day of creation. Let there be light, a flash, a bolt, a brilliant blaze that puts the kibosh on chaos. Let light shine on width, breath, death, a dazzle to illuminate all matter everywhere. Let it glint gloriously off ocean wave, sea swell a brooklet's little ripples. Let fish rejoice in it fantastically, the fur of fox, cat, cougar, coyote be haloed. Let light's hot pulse, pull prairie grass, kinny-kinnick up, up to verdant growth, turn grain from green to gold. In every garden everywhere, let peonies, nasturtiums, and preposterous begonias unfold. Let every butterfly, bat, bird, bathe in radiance. Let it pour mornings into breakfast bowls. Fill empty cups to overflowing. At evening, let light's long plumes linger. Violet and vivid, on every atom of creation. When darkness closes in, shrouding the valley floor, let sky be spangled still, lit with the glow of meteors, the murky Milky Way, the white hot stars. O oh, light of life, light of the wobbling world, your splendor does not tarnish will not be overcome by random avalanche, smart missile, guns, flood, smoke of forest fire. Your warmth will melt the iron grip of fear. A stone cold guarded grave can never hold you.
0: I say it because we cannot hear it enough that each of you in this room are loved, every single one of you, that I love you, that Otto loves you, and Heather and one another in this room, that you are loved. And it is out of love that I remind us always that this is our world and beautiful and terrible things will always happen and we're asked to not be afraid because this is what we are about here in this home, in this room. We hold hope for each other when hope is so very hard to find. And we plant seeds that will one day spring up. We are prophets of a future that is not our own future. We, of course, cannot do everything, but we can do something. So as I say every Sunday that I and preaching with you, let us forget our what, our perfect. And as Gary remind us with our kids, there is a crack in, and that is how the light gets in. It is the weekend, and I have so many jobs to do. Up in the kitchen, there is a cool breeze, whistling underneath the windowsill. and I felt it on the elbow as I drank my cup of coffee earlier in the week. So I need to root for the caulking, which is down in the basement, so I can plug the hole. And once down in the basement, I remember there was a broken crock pot, broken into almost a thousand pieces, and I have to clean it up because I piled it high on other dishes because that's what tall people do. (laughs) Right, Kevin? Kevin Paul? And that made it dangerous for Karen to reach, which is why she said it was my fault (laughs) when it fell and broke into 100 pieces on the floor, even though I was all the way upstairs when it happened. And she's right. <laughs> I don't think she's here today, but you can tell her <laughs> that I told all of you that she was right. And once I was cleaning that crock pot up, I see the holes in the stone foundation I'm supposed to plug with that toxic whipped cream caulking that's death in a can. But in order for me to get back far enough to reach those holes, I have to take all the boxes off the shelves. Some of which really need to be gone through and thrown away and others of which are the all-important Christmas decorations that need to be brought upstairs. Because as a family, we promised that we were going to step it up this year. Because if the world is going to hell in a hand basket, (laughs) that basket ought to be beautifully decorated. (laughs) Right? But before I can get to any of those jobs, the strum buzz of my phone reminds me that I have yet another job, that of a clergy person whose job it is, which is in fact much less a job and much more of a holy calling that makes me so much better than I would be, believe me. And the job I have is to preach the good news that we hold hope and light for each other when the hope and the light are hard to find and to see. Hope. <laughs> it's one of those words that's been lost to the hallmark aisle of CVS. And it's, it's got white ribbons now. And it's printed in big swooping cursive on cards. And we come to think of it as a result as like fluffy and cuddly, and naive, and almost like Pollyanna-ish, hope, hope that really actually deserves to be redeemed. Because hope is not the same as optimism, I've told us before. It is not the conviction that things are going to turn out well, or the belief that that things are going to succeed or even a comment on the state of the world. Instead, I have this other job I have to do, which is to remind us that hope is a state of the mind. No, it's a state of of your spirit. It's a dimension of your soul that says that the good is worth working for because it is good. And that is reason enough. And what the buzz drum of my phone is reminding me to do is to call the woman who left a voicemail at the church and then sent this letter to me. And I'll read it to you. So my name is misspelled on the front. Rev N. Deering, you should be ashamed of the racist banner you hung in front of your parish. All lives matter, these are all in capitals now, not just black ones. Got that on Wednesday, just in time for Thanksgiving. I have her name and number, not because she signed it, but because the wonders of caller ID (laughs) mean that we're never as anonymous as we like to think we are. And when I got the call and the letter, I realized that I had a job to do. The truth is that I knew it was my job to call her. Because the good thing worth doing in this case, the hope-filled thing, was to open dialogue and not just sit in my comfy bubble and preach to the choir. Because there in the files of my finished sermons, there's a sermon that I think that I gave that said I have to do these very things in open dialogue. I hate to be preaching to myself. But as Otto will tell you, we preach the sermons that we need to hear. My friends, we are no different. We are no different. So I knew it was my job to call her and tell her that I would welcome the opportunity to sit down with her, to ask her, what did the banner provoke in you enough to type out that letter and to mail it? What does the stamp cost now? 52 cents? And if she was willing to listen to me and share how hanging the banner that will go back up this week is an expression of our values, our religious values, another word that needs to be redeemed, by the way. How all lives do indeed matter. Ma'am, you're right, in the eyes of God. But that politically, some lives, if she still will listen with me, politically, some lives are treated differently than other lives. And if universalism, the second half of our faith, means anything, It means that all are worthy and all are welcome, and it's my job to preach the good news that every life needs to be redeemed. So I need to address when and where and how the worth and dignity of some lives are being threatened. It's my job, it's the job I have to do with you, with you. So I knew it was my job to make the call, but can I tell us the truth? The truth is I wanted to hide. Because conflict avoidance is a, it's a Dietering family tradition. (laughs) I suspect maybe you have inherited that tradition as well. And because it sure is easier to preach the hope than it is to practice the hope that A good thing is worth doing, even when you're not sure of the outcome, simply because it is good. But the truth is I wanted to hide the hope. Do you follow me? I wanted to to cover it. I wanted to put a kibosh on it. Jen, terrific job reading that very difficult reading, by the way. I wanted to avoid tending to the light of the hope. Because sometimes it feels like such a small, fragile light. So small in me, and maybe in you, that maybe no one will know, no one will know, if I just let it go out. Promise to let it shine later. Another moment, another time. Because who would know? That's right. No one really know except me. Which isn't just me. It is this vocation. A word that means to call, vocare. To call forward your life. that we all have, because remember, I told us two Sundays ago that we are all together ministers now. We all have these stoles around our neck, these pieces of cloth reminding us in the ancient tradition to wipe off the dust and the dirt of the people who were weary from travel. This job we have as preachers and practitioners of the good news that hope means doing the right thing and the good thing simply because it is the good thing. This hope that will not let us down, and here's the inconvenient part, it will also not let us off. Damn. <laughs> Dad, the voice says, coming down the stairs traveling and waking me up from my hiding place, calling me forward. Dad, we've got a job to do. Really? I mean, I have enough <laughs> going on. But I'm actually grateful for the distraction, the opportunity for avoidance, and even though it is still on the afternoon, the light outside is already so dim. It's so low. It's not even yet four, and it's nearly dark. You know, by the way, it is out of such afternoons and such darkness and such dimness that this holy season was made. If you unlearn what Amazon Prime and Route 9 have taught you, (laughs) if you unlearn that, you will remember that it was the pagans, a word that means rural person, who lit the fires on such afternoons and carried the greenery inside to remind them that after the solstice, the winter solstice, light will return. And if you unlearn whatever negative Christian messages you might have heard, you will remember that Advent is a word that means longing and waiting and hoping, that's what it means. Asking us, where for us and how for us will the flame pierce the night? Where for us and how for us is the hope being lit? If such questions make me Christian, I am Christian. And so the job that I found there in the dim light is my two children, and I pass the basement door and I pass the door jamb, and I see to my left the marks up the door jamb that remind me how much they are growing. All the way down there, and now they're just so high. So old, but not too old to be holding in their hand and their hands the outdoor Christmas lights. (laughs) They telling me that the job we have to do now, Ella says, is to make the outside shine. Which is maybe why scripture tells us that a little child will lead them. Maybe even when that little child is a teenager because what do I need to be led toward and I think that maybe this is what you need to be led toward too as you waved to our little rays of light in the front this morning I want to remember that God is still at work in the world remembering when you hear me use that word that God for me is a verb and not a noun that the gospel of hope is still at work in the world even when we don't know how it's going to work out, yeah, even when we just want to hide a little bit and wait till after Thanksgiving in the shadows, even if we just want to avoid making the call, even when we doubt that the hope is the light that works through us and in us. Here, Dad, Emerson says, hold this, and he wants, he wants me to hold the lights just like this. Hold those, Dad. And then, Dad, I want you to wind it around. Stay there, just un- unspool it. You've got to go like, pretend this is a big column. All right, pass it back. Around the rhododendron. Megan, you're going to be a rhododendron. <laughs> all the way across the grass, all the way down this aisle. And that's right with About the Yard Ends. You can just hold it there. And Ella says, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to, remember what she said? To let the outside. And I don't know what it was in the dim of the afternoon but it was so small It's so beautiful. Is it enough? It's never enough. So I looked at those lights and then I took my phone out of my pocket and I went inside to our bedroom and I dialed the number. Can I just wait till next week? <laughs> I dialed the number. And it rings once and it rings twice and it rings three times and it goes to voicemail. Alice, not her real name, Alice. This is Reverend Nathan Dietering from First Parish in Sherburne. I wanted you to know that I got your letter. And I got your voicemail. And I wanted to thank you for telling me how you feel, because we need more of that, talking to each other. And Alice, if you're willing, I want you to know that I would love to sit down with you, I will buy you coffee, and we can talk together about what this sign is making you feel like. And maybe you can hear me talk about why this banner is an expression of my religious values, how it's my job to do as a Unitarian Universalist minister. I wish you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving, and my prayer is that you will hold my call and return it. So that was about six days ago, and I'm waiting. I am waiting. I am adventing <laughs> for her to call me back. And I live in hope because hope is the right and the good thing to do, even if I am not sure she will ever call me back. And what I'm wondering is, is that if each of you, each of you have a call, a moment, an action that is waiting for you to return. Every single one of of us in this room has one expression, a dim little expression of hope that is waiting for us to light. That is my prayer this season.